Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happened to third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. Yeah, that's like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. As the crickets, crickets changing. The game is being changed in front of our eyes, not in front of our eyes in the southern hemisphere. Uh, the footy's on, and the games are on at the wrong time. But cricket's changing, man, and we're going to talk about that today. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, uh, the new hoodie, the tracksuit range, swimwear in the UK, of course. We'll talk about the Budgie Thieves a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Sam Perry has returned from Bengaluru, where we spent 72, 96 hours meeting the people, touching some hands, kissing some babies, eating some food, drinking some Kingfishers. Have the Kingfisher Ultras left your system. That's the football supporting team, the Kingfisher Ultras. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't think so, mate. Uh, it was a, that was a real whirlwind. I think it plays into some shit we're going to talk about a bit later, but I suppose now that we are talking about it, just a, a tremendous thanks to people who came out to the show. Tremendous thanks to everybody who looked after us in India. Um, just an unbelievably hospitable country. And, um, you know, all of those other cliches about it being an assault on the census and all that kind of shit. But it was, um, it was, it was pretty fucking cool to go there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm fully on board with the IPL uh, now. I just want to say, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here to announce, uh, yeah, we're on a 12-month contract, uh, IPL only. Uh, so, um, no, that's not true. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was very cool. Have, have the Kingfishers left your system, Mister Higgins? Absolutely not, Mister Speaker. Um, I uh, I've actually ordered a, a pallet uh, to be delivered to my house just to feel like I'm still living there. Um, cricket is changing. Sam Perry. Uh, oh, just, actually, just 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 before I say that, uh, people have been asking um, about my skincare routine. People have been asking about. Um, uh, if there's going to be, uh, if we're going to release a video of the show, uh, it was filmed. It will be released. It will be on YouTube hopefully this week, perhaps in the next day or so. Uh, so, um, just when, when people say, um, keep an eye on the channel. Just, just keep coming back to it. Just, yeah. just don't let that pop up on oh, your feed. No, just your keep it on. Don't search. Don't. Yeah. Just keep it on. Just yeah. keep it on, and just look at it until yeah. something uploads. Fresh couple of times. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the video will be on. Cricket is changing, Pez, but perhaps no more so. Yeah. Then the fact that Lord Botham is set to fire up 
an NFT collection. Fuck yeah. Now this is from this is via bitdegree.org, Pez. As you know, my Bible. Uh, I want to say Caduceus. I want to say that's how I want to say it. Yeah. Uh, joins forces with cricket legend Lord Botham to fire up NFT collection. Caduceus, a metaverse-driven open blockchain platform, has yeah. recently announced that it will be joining forces with the British sporting legend Lord Botham to roll out a brand new non-fungible token NFT yeah. collection on the Lightcycle platform. Uh-huh. According to the official announcement issued on July 23rd, the partnership will see both parties launching a cricket-based NFT collection into the metaverse in order to attract a new generation of young cricketers. Lord Botham, a major sports personality and one of the best cricket players around the world, commented on the initiative to introduce the undisputed sport in such an innovative way, adding, and I quote, like most people, I've been hearing a lot about the metaverse and NFTs. I've done my research and I'm delighted to be launching my beefy Botham NFTs on Lightcycle, which is powered by Caduceus Blockchain. The prestigious sportsman that he mentioned that fans will be able to access various tutorials and guides, ensuring the best possible multi-user 3D experience. What the fuck does that mean, Sam Perry? Wait. You know, just looking at some highlights of heading lead the other day, both of them just sort of seam yeah. up, take the lo- take the long handle. Who would yeah. have thought? You know, back then, back in back in nineteen eighty one, you know, when when Lily and Thompson and Rod Marsh uh, decided to mm. to bet against themselves halfway through the game, but that's all good. <laughs> That one day Lord Botham would be launching <laughs> launching beefy Botham NFTs on Lightcycle powered by the Caduceus blockchain. The fuck? Yeah. This fucking Back to the Future 2 <laughs> shit. Listen, man. Like the, look, as far as I'm concerned, the big question here isn't the commercial prospects of this NFT or um, whether or not NFT have any tangible value outside of what people say it has and that they really wholly and solely rely on celebrities um, saying that garbage digital pictures actually mean something um, mm-hmm. and need to be bought. The, the question is what... What art or, or pictures are Bo- is Botham choosing to use for his NFT? Because there have been a couple of pictures of him floating about in the past. Um, or should I say a couple of pieces floating around that, I think, on it. Uh, ha- that would make for a very interesting NFT. A um, couple, we'll couple of devil's sausages floating around. And uh, I think they could go for, bi- they could go for big money. Um, yeah, a yeah. couple of big pieces he could put out there. Of his cock. Um, or, <laughs> or Ian Botham's open to question appearance in 1986 with Scottish yep. children. Um, yeah, I'd get involved children. in that. I think that could go, that could go big. Something to think about for the future. Something that has gone big uh, in the last couple of weeks, Pez, is TJC's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash grey cricketer, where the Hall of Fame has been received very well. Uh, and uh, top 25 of all time, three hours of content. If you've got a three-hour drive, if you've got three hours to kill in your life, if you want three hours of happiness, of joy, of sadness, of pathos, mm. Mm, of great tragedy, yep. um, and of Athens, generally, uh, Necropolis. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah. Uh, then you can get it at patreon.com forward slash great cricket. And now it's a great time to sign up because you get a month. Obviously, when you do sign up, being August 1 being today's date, if you're playing uh, the Gregorian calendar at home, if that is one of your favorite little games, your side pieces there, uh, then uh, it's a great time to join because you get hashtag ICDC Fridays for the rest of the month, of course, as well, when you sign up for five or 10 US dollars a month. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk bunts though, Pez. And let's talk... Let's talk. Uh, let's talk the implications of the IPL deal, which is still. Um, we're starting to see the shock waves 
I was going to say ramifications, but I like shockwaves mm. more because I'm, I'm a clickbait, um, clickbait kind of guy. Uh, of the IPL deal back in whenever that was, it was announced, uh, and we're seeing we're seeing the impacts of it now. Dave Warner has apparently sought permission to skip the BBL and play in the UAE league, uh, reportedly earning about five hundred. Uh, KUS per year for three seasons, which equates to about $2.1 million over three years. CA would need to grant him an NOC, which is a no-objection certificate. So anyone who plays in the IPL, they all apply for the NOCs, and they get granted that, of course. Um, and as per uh, Dan Bredig, uh, it's it's almost certain that that will be refused. Um, but the fact that he's having a look at it, uh, and he said he's not playing the BBL, and he's having a look at the UAE stuff, bit of live golf gear. Um, then uh, it's, uh, it's the start of something. It's the start of something, and it's the end of other stuff, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, um, I <laughs> it's the start of something, and it's the end of other stuff, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I mean, I, saw that, I was uh, reading saw Gideon's piece before about the safeguarding of capital, <laughs> and I'm, but I'm more with you. Let's <laughs> 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 see. Uh, start of some stuff, and it's the end of other stuff. I reckon. You reckon? Uh, you reckon Shane Watson said that at the ACA meeting recently? His president just got up there. <laughs> Hush comes over the room. You know, Mate, on that the was, microphone. That was. That was fucking the IPL in grade terms. That's what that was. It's the new IPL rights in grade terms. <clears throat> yeah, well, speaking of grade terms, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a dollar a run stuff, isn't it? You know, that's where we're getting to. It's, um, it's you know, would, would you yeah, play shy? Would, would, they, would they play, would you play shy as if they tripled your pay? By pay, I mean, you know, um, the club looking after your rego if you play first grade, maybe 50 bucks a win mm. uh, or something like yeah. that. Would you, would you? Would you go to Shires? You know, what are you what are you losing out on there in terms of you know brand and prestige and legacy uh, at, um, um, at at your, at your local grade club? Um, I, mate, this yeah, look, this uh, it's it's interesting. You know, all, all the analysts around cricket and people inside the game and shit uh, seem to be you know hyper aware that like some a lot of shit is changing very quickly now in cricket, and you, people are finding all of these lightning rods from which to explain this change which has really you know come about most recently through the 6.2 billion IPL deal but has been coming for a long time anyway and Warner's a bit of that lightning rod um he needs that no objection certificate to play in the UAE because he is a Cricket Australia contracted player so he has obligations yep. to Cricket Australia and their interests and uh even though he hasn't played in the BBL for 10 years or, or whatever and I uh, you know where I f- see this leading is just the um, the devaluing um, of a national contract. You know, uh, as in right. we might just see players one day, just uh, or quite soon, just bin the national contract. And I know there'll be players who bin state contracts and stuff because they're just they're, they're too restrictive, and you can make more money elsewhere. Um, and Oh yeah, how it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of like public perception. You know, like I, um, I it's and you haven't said it before. Like I, I, I just notice a little bit of a motif of uh, player greed just running through some of the analysis that we see out there as well. A little bit of a dog whistle, like you know, um, you know, you, you triple your shire money for to play shires, or the next minute yep. it's IPL money or Indian money is basically fucking live golf. You know, uh, not sticking with the establishment, and it's it's far more complicated than that. 
you know there's um but but it is interesting how people will conflate it with morality and philosophy and all that kind of shit um mate i know uh like you know our experience of going to india just in this last week we um, caught up with a bunch of people and um did a live show and stuff and it it it's so hard to convey um but i'll try just how just how big the feeling is over there that you know everything in cricket is about india <laughs> you know and that's where everything mm-hmm. is happening commercially mm-hmm. everything is happening there uh and i think maybe you know for the first time we we now realize that india knows that <laughs> as well mm-hmm. and uh you know the anglosphere is not used to being uh anything other than the big dog uh and yeah. and i think in australia it's um it's particularly jarring because the IPL is not even on when we're awake. It's just a thing that happens mm. when we're asleep in weird colours and weird sponsors and heaps of, heaps of coin. Uh, but it's the, the, there's real rubber hitting the road shit happening now, you know? Like pe- people yep. are really starting to choose that domestic shit uh, over right. over international stuff. So, yeah. Well, As I, you, think I think you summed it up one, at the top, actually. I think the, I think the, the most interesting one in the, in the present, which we'll see, is Tim David, um, who... I'd imagine a, a, a um, CA contract right now would actually be quite restrictive for him because he would be free, for instance, to go and play in the UAE League if that's what he wanted to do over the Hurricanes. Um, he will almost definitely be picked for Australia anyway. Uh, well, sorry, almost definitely. There's a very strong chance he'll be picked for Australia in the World Cup, I would say, without a CA contract. Now, there are guys who play for Australia almost every year who, who, who aren't on CA contracts. But this is a unique case, and, and that's interesting in terms of perception pairs to time, what you were saying there. Because, yeah, the IPL does not exist in Australia. I mean, the game started at 12, finished at 3 in the morning. I think as well that uh, the other cricket that we've seen in the Northern Hemisphere has traditionally been in the UK, where a lot of people in Australia either have family there or they holiday there or they understand the uh, Anglo context of all mm. things when you see England and the, you know, the, the people's faces and the names, all that stuff. And that's just not the case in India in any, in any capacity. But obviously when you go there and you see it and you're like... I mean, there's a, there's a fact been going around for ages, isn't it? Like every dollar earned in cricket, 80 cents is made in India. I mean, like... Possibly more. Possibly more. What, what, do you want, what are you going to do with that? Uh, so it's, it's, just, it's just interesting. But I suppose like Warner is um, he's already controversial. Fair to say he's a controversial figure in Australian cricket and he's rocked the boat a couple of times. But um, he is 35 years old. He's at the end of his career and um, he's probably just pushing the boundaries a little bit. I'm sure he would not be expecting to receive this NOC from CA, but um, he's the first of many who uh, will leave. I mean, they're talking about um, Chris Lynn, who was um, delisted by the um, by the Heat, if, that, if that's the right term. Um, so he'll probably go to the UAE to play. And I think the bigger problem with this as well for Australians is like the you see like other competitions going around the world. The hundred last year was it seemed quite successful. This South African th- uh, thing looks good. This UAE thing looks good. And the Big Bash has had troubles for a long time. And now this is a, this looks like this is the kind of thing that could actually kill it. Um, they could actually kill the. I mean, there will always be a domestic T Twenty competition in Australia. But the question should be raised: How come our one's the worst one, except for the Super Smash? <laughs> Damn New Zealand. Um, <laughs> I think one of the the other bigger like um like the 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 bigger change that's going on is is that like and I think. Gideon Haig's been picking this up really well. Um, on top of the fact that <laughs> Warner's actually adored in India and a lot of Indians don't understand his uh, more polarising reputation here. I can understand why yeah. David Warner would be more loyal, uh, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do yeah. understand that. We've talked about that before. But um, 
I think it's more that the, the the game, you know, has been for a while and, and is being right now, like kind of um, overrun, taken over by like corporate, private capital interests. You know, it's, it's not um, that the safeguards of like non-profit bodies like CA or the ICC seem to be coming mm-hmm. down. They seem to be coalescing with corporate interests, private interests um, uh, to, you know, extract as much bunce as possible, really. And it's funny, like the go- people who, uh, people who, sort of are proponents of that or who get behind that, that they may say like, well, you know, T20 is a far better vehicle to mobilize eyeballs, which is, you know, the game we're all in, right? Eyeball mobilization. Uh, right. They say, you know, that's the free hand of the market, the free hand of the market. People say, well, if that's what people want, then that's the wish of the people. They, if they want to watch T20 cricket, if that's where their eyeballs want to be, that's why they want, where they want to mobilize their eyeballs. Um, there's an inherent morality and egalitarianism to that. If that's what people want, then let's give them what they want. But it's chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, like if you incentivize enough quality players uh, and broadcasters to play that format over something like test cricket, which is, has, which is just not built for fucking capital at all, um, mm. and you give those people bulk sheets, as you might in Shires, <laughs> then then fans are going to follow. Fans will follow that. And it increasingly feels like the people there to guard the beauty of cricket or history or prestige of cricket and what it was or what it means to a lot of people, well, they're, they're, just, they're just pretty keen on the bulk sheets, to be honest. And mm. I think the big moral question about all of this change is, like, will the bulk sheets that people are t- that are turning bulk heads and eyeballs yeah. <laughs> um and many many would accuse us of doing that as well by the way incorrectly but nevertheless it happens um you know that's turning heads like will that money flow through to um those tasked with administering the game at all levels you know will they see any of that money like the people that and organizations that develop players um, juniors, club teams, like provide provide the facilities, make the lunches, provide kit. Will they get to share in the new riches of the game? Because if the game is being run more and more privately and thus accountable to like ruthless financial metrics and KPIs, you know, can the grassroots make a strong business case for that IPL money? You know, can Lane Cove Cricket Club or Roseville or Linfield Cricket Club get a slice of that IPL skrilla? Just a lick, mm. you know? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of wealthy dads in those particular clubs, so you know, I think yeah, kids sure, look bad after, example, yeah, bad example. sort of yeah. play golf, and maybe the golf club gets behind it. But um, yeah. I think that's that's a big question um, that people will want to know about. If there's more money flowing into the game, which there is, who gets it? You know, and who like can it flow through? I'm not I'm not looking for fucking socialism necessarily. I mean, look, talk to me another time about that. But like, can we share it a bit? Can the people who actually produce these players get a bit of that skrilla? I think that's a big question, mate. I think people should be looking after the internet blokes. I, I think I think the I think the I think the coffers should be filled for internet blokes. And that's that was our chief pitch over in India. We started by saying, "There's a bit that used to happen. There's a bit that's going to change." Whatever you said at the top, and can we fill the coffers of the internet blokes? You know, mate, absolute nightmare. Go through customs trying to get a visa for India. What do you do, internet bloke? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or like, uh, you know, it's like, it's like that um, hypothetical of like, well, you know, if, if Earth was was dying uh, and you could you had to start another planet, you could only take sort of 20 people or something like that. I think it's the same with cricket. Yeah. We're starting cricket again. You know, who yeah. do you need to take up there? Well, I, I'd say internet blokes are pretty important. Important part yeah. of the tapestry of the game. Uh, I think you, so. You sort of open your screen or just, you, you just sort of get onto social media and something comes up if the algorithm's working for you and click on that for yeah. maybe 
10 seconds if you're lucky maybe sell a couple ads around mm. it so yeah, yeah you know yeah. that's our pitch whatever and we sort of come as a package deal like so it's mm. like like we're useless on our own so we sort yeah. of need like and yeah. deck um yeah, yeah. yeah it's Absolute exactly the same as that useless um, I was speaking of the BBL. I saw the drafts come out the other day, and basically every single person with an English passport has applied for the draft. Um, yeah. That's on top of the uh, the list of the West Indians last week. I think we yeah. spoke about. Then obviously Faf Duplessis in it as well. Well, why wouldn't um, you? If there's seventy of them, if you, if you play county twos or whatever, and you know that all the good ones are going to go to UAE in South Africa, get yourself a yeah. little fucking get yourself a little two hundred and fifty k AUD gig. You know, you're playing with Wadey, uh who's on mm-hmm. one sixty. Um, so that should be yeah. pretty good for the team dynamic as well. Those are the, the Australian national players. <laughs> I think so. They probably make about two thirds of what the County Two's guy makes. It's all looking pretty good for the BBL. I would have thought. Well, if I know one thing, Pez, I know that professional athletes don't really compare what they make uh, with each other. No, it's not really ever spoken about. Uh, sort of keep that pretty close to your chest, and yeah. no one sort of ribs anyone. Yeah, no one, yeah, no one yeah. sort of plays a bit of credit card roulette over dinner yeah. or that sort of stuff, and sort of stitch ups, and uh, yeah, yeah. just keeps on saying sort of a bit, and and yeah. uh, not really going anywhere That's with right. it. And you sort, sort of, of, sort of into three into things you do: you, you you play Call of Duty, you make a flat white, and you play a bit of credit card roulette <laughs> as if you're pro, pro cricket. Fuck, I'm interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm interesting. Black butt levers and arms and a bit of genetic stuff, yeah. and sort of eat a yeah. few bombs. Social media. Well, that's our that's our dissection of things that are changing and things that will um that will remain the same. I reckon. Uh, uh, also, um, I think the Boxing Day New Year's test will be dead soon. Anyway, cheers. What's up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're uh, we're about to speak to Alex Malcolm right now, but before we do, Pez, we're back on board with T Twenty Stars, uh, who are supporting us heading into the Australian summer. Now, people are just getting to the winter nets. I've seen on the social medias this week. Pez, uh, you know, guys doing fitness tests, guys doing beep tests, because nothing will fix your fear of the short ball, like running back and forth in a timely manner, hopefully to reach sort of 9.3, 9.4 uh, in the beep test. Um, and that's what's starting just now. But also, what will fix it is new kit. What will fix your season coming in, coming ahead is new kit. And what better place to go to than t20stars.com, supported by TJC, of course. Shane Watson's got his mitts all over these He's bad got boys. It. And we've talked about the thickness and the girth and the... the <laughs> the, the volume of his mitts, you know. I remember being in primary school and it was kind of like, you know, height and width and they inter- then they introduced volume, depth. Watto is yeah. depth. And, you know, his depth in, his depth in more ways than one. Like, he, he's a lightning rod for all of this conversation about the existential crisis of cricket. You could nary find a bloke in Australian cricket who has traversed the entire scene uh, and has a better record than Ben Stokes, by the way. Anyway, that's a separate issue. Uh, but he he really he traverses the whole thing, and here he is saying to you as you start your season, you wonder you're wondering, or you're midway through the mm-hmm. season in the UK, it's all year round, uh, and you're wondering, you know how how can I negotiate all the changes that are happening in cricket? I've got to hit long bombs. I still got to play a bit straight. Look to the man who's done it all across all formats. That's Shane Watson from T Twenty Stars, right? And not only that, you're gonna get a fucking good deal on that kit, and there's all it's all the kit you want. It's all the kit you want. Okay, sure, it's branded T Twenty Star, so he's he's sort of he's sort of firmly in one camp there. Sure, what I yeah, thought. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he knows where the, he knows where cricket's going. He yeah. knows where cricket's but going. He would have worn he would have worn that kit playing for Sutherland there, uh, mucking around in first grade, just having a bit of fun, uh, boshing people <laughs> around. He still played the long four. Uh, and yeah. the, the thing with T20 stars, though, is that, and we've said it many, many times before, you're skipping the middle man, or maybe today it's middle person. You're skipping the reason, sure. you're, you're skipping the bricks and mortar shop. You're getting, you're mm-hmm. getting that price at that level. Uh, encourage you all to go to t20stars.com. 
have a look at the range. We're going to be talking to the team at T20 Stars about sort of things we might be able to offer here and there, sort of say it at the side of my mouth, throw a few sort of in there. Uh, but very proud to be with T20 Stars ahead of this interview for the next little season of the TGC podcast as T20Stars.com. Here he is. Here's Alex Malcolm. With all due respect, those mates are also the all-time greats of Australian cricket. They are the fabric of Australian cricket. They also work all around the world in cricket. They are Australian cricket. Oh, it must make you feel good that all your mates are supporting you in the media. I said, yeah, it is, acting chairman. So, yeah. I'm glad my mates. I'm glad my mates. So yeah, I'm glad my mates are looking after me. I'm glad my mates, 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 mates. I'm glad my mates are looking after me. What I've learned is my mates got your back. I'm glad my mates are looking after me in cricket. I'm glad my mates in cricket got your back. Imagine if you had of making his debut on the show. Uh, and it's been a long time coming, frankly, because uh, this guy that we're looking down the barrel at, firstly, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see the jaw on it. You can see that it's a bit alpha. You can see the chest on it as well. And I'll tell you what, with respect to a lot of our other colleagues in the press box, there, there aren't a lot of chests and jaws walking around. There probably aren't a lot of guys who can... I don't want to be disrespectful, but like the guys who can't catch a ball like this bloke, who can't strike a ball like this bloke because he was a very, very good cricketer in his own right. I want to ask him about that, but professionally uh, in this guy's, he is the associate editor at Crick Info. Uh, I'm of course talking about Alex Malcolm. Alex, welcome to the great cricketer for the first time. Thanks, Pez. Yeah, career highlight. Um, every great cricketer's dream to come on this show. Good is a... a a very interesting way of describing how I was as a player, but yeah, um, no, very honoured to be here. And of course, that's the paradox. Like anyone who was pretty good at cricket can't ever say they were good at cricket. There's only three people who've been good at cricket, Bradman, <laughs> probably Tendulkar, Warren. Uh, so once again, you've just proven that you're good at cricket and a bit arrogant about it too. Um, well, Alex, uh, it's, re- it's, re- it's relevant. Right. Like normally if we're talking to someone at Crick Info or, um, or, or anywhere, like we're going to dive straight into the analysis, but we've got to pass you and grade cricket because I look you up and I'm seeing fucking, I'm not just saying my cricket, I'm seeing headlines uh, from WA <sighs> Premier Cricket, which is the only comp Sydney respects, I would say. We'll get into that. But like uh, Malcolm leads Subi to one day glory. And I'm seeing pictures of you playing at the Wacker, Subi Echo Floriot. You've scored 300s in five games. Uh, you, you, you could play the code and there's nothing worse you could ask a great cricketer than how good were you yeah. at cricket. Yeah. But that's what I'm going to ask you. Uh, oh, how good was <laughs> I? Him good is gone. good is relevant. Um, <laughs> no, I I had a, I had one really hot streak, and that was about it. Uh, no, I played for a long time. Um, I was uh, like you guys. I sort of view view my career in grade cricket as a bit of a prison term. Uh, I was incarcerated <laughs> for a good sixteen years, I reckon, two thousand one oh, to twenty seventeen. So fifteen stretch. to thirty one. Um, 12 or 13 of those were hard labour, opening the batting at, at Subi Florit in, in the WACA first grade competition. I did one year of prisoner exchange, played in Adelaide with Glenelg in the Saka comp, which was great. 
Um, uh, lots of dark days in the hole where I'd had my yeah. pad blown off in the first half an hour of the day or yeah. the last half an hour of the previous Saturday. Yeah. Um, but a, a handful of really good days. We, I was very fortunate to play in a few flags, uh, a few one-day flags at Subi, one at Glenelg and, and a couple of two-day premierships as well. Played with some really great players and against some really great players. Uh, but more importantly, probably made most of my great friends in life through uh, grade cricket, including a couple of guys I now live in Melbourne. Uh, moved here mm. five years ago after I stopped playing, and and two of my best mates here are the two guys I played with. So that's that's really all I've got out of my grade career is 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 some great mates and some good memories, but a lot of tough times. There's there's actually there's actually we're, I mean, we're talking about like the future of cricket and like the IPL and T Twenty cricket generally taking over the world, um, but there is actually no longer form. Some people think. The test match cricket's the longest form, not the case. It's an opening batsman playing a two-day game who gets his pad blown off because that's now you've got that's two weeks until you play the sport again. Uh, so that's actually that should actually. Oh, and be that's dead. if you get a bat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Think about once yeah. in a month. Once in a month, exactly right. Well, I, nothing sums up my career like my last game. My last game was a grand final at the Wacker, and the okay. last day that I played, the last day that I <laughs> played, Michael I sat Klinger and watched. Here. I sat and watched. <laughs> I nicked yeah. off for nothing and sat and watched the whole day. So that summed up my career. Yeah, um, yeah we understand. Yeah, you played at the Wacker. That's what you're saying there. And uh, um, all good, mate. We don't all get Got that into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played at grounds with syringes sort of walking around. But uh, you, you mentioned you played with some good players. Uh, and um, look, you know, we should never talk off record, but you, you were the one who tipped me off the other day that yeah, um, yeah. Cam Green got Liam Livingston out, which Liam Livingston then pretended he didn't, wasn't aware of. Um, and, and Cam Green would have been about 13 or 14 at the time. Let's just sort of subtract a few years off him there. But is, is it right to say you captained Cam Green when he was young and therefore, and I don't want to get into sort of um, hard drives territory, but he would, was he tubbing, you know, like sort of pre-18? Uh, well, uh, Jesus Christ. And if you don't um, feel comfortable talking about that, then um, just push through. <laughs> I do need to be very careful what I what I say about that. Uh, the criminal oh, justice shit. system would have a, a different view on oh, yeah. <laughs> what, we, what we can offer. No, no, I'm, not, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, I didn't. I didn't captain Greeny. I played with Greeny. I was 30, uh, 31 at the time. He was you know 15, 16, 17. He came through Subi's juniors. Was a super player. Uh, fortunately. Uh, we, we had a good shower culture at Subi, but uh, fortunately, I think times had changed by the time he was coming through. Right. Certainly in the early 2000s, as you guys allude to very often, um, reminiscing about your own careers, it was a very different mm. time and place. And um, in a post-Me Too world, the sort of coercive shower <laughs> culture in grade cricket had dissipated a little bit. Um, but uh, no, he, uh, he's, he was a great player to play with. Really enjoyed playing with him. Um, and uh, everybody at Subi is incredibly proud of what he's done. Um, all right, let's talk about actual cricket then, uh, instead <laughs> of this, this show being taken down and demonetized now forever. Um, that's the only reason we do it, just for money. Um, yeah. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about the Big Bash. Um, how many years have we got left? Like six months? Uh, like it's, 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 I feel like it's on the verge of, it doesn't need change, but there's a lot of competitors now. And uh, when your best players don't want to play in it and are opting out of it or trying to anyway, um, and that's a head, that's instead of like even Mitchell Stark, who hasn't played for a couple of years, um, doesn't want to play when there's a window open. Uh, it doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't bode well. It's it's there's some serious discussions happening both at board level amongst the players, amongst the ACA, uh, and you guys will be hearing it as well from players. I mean, the raw numbers of it are the problem. I think uh, financially, the top 
local contract in the big bash. I don't think anyone tips over 200 grand. I could have that wrong. But most of the guys, I mean, the salary cap's 1.9 million Australian, which is 1.3 million US. And if you look at the IPL, individual players are making that much money in one IPL season. And we're spreading 1.3 million US, 1.9 across uh, 18 cricketers. Uh, and the window is large and that's difficult to get the guys out. And, and the, the catch 22 now for CA is they've made the tournament so long, but they're actually going to have to shrink it, which is going to devalue the rights in some ways. It, it, money will go up per game for players, but total money obviously goes down. Um, and then just attracting the players is really difficult. You've got David Warner, who's looking at a, a UAE contract of, we reported last week, it was 450 US per year for the top players, or roughly 500 US, which is nearly 700 grand Australian. And BBL teams can't offer that to those players. And the other problem too is the way the salary cap and the, the structure of the competition works. You talk to the GMs around the BBL, they're not willing to pay a huge chunk of their salary cap to Australian players who are unavailable for the majority of the year. And that was the situation with Steve Smith last year. Now, the Adelaide Strikers had spent a lot of money on Alex Carey and Travis Head, and they weren't available that year because they were playing test match cricket. But then Smith wasn't part of the Sixers' original salary cap, didn't get paid under the cap, and then was wanting to come and play in the finals. And that was the crux of the debate. Um, so these are the issues that they have to sort out. Um, I think the BBL has got to identify what it wants to be. And it's very clear what Australian audiences, local TV audience audiences want to see. And that is um, Hazelwood and Stark bowling at Maxwell or Zampa bowling at Warner or Smith, more so than overseas guys. So I think that's probably the starting point is how do you get the best Australian players playing? But as you've mentioned, he goes like, Warner, Stark haven't played for more than eight years and there's no indication that either of those guys are going to play this year or beyond. It, it seems like the next step from that, Alex, judging from say Usman Khawaja's comments or, um, or whatnot is that if the problem for the BBL is that it can't offer the same amount of money to get the quality of player that Aussie audiences want, then it must adopt a different model to access that money. And that different model just casually speaking, is private equity. If they open it up to private equity, nobody will outbid an IPL franchise. So um, CA is stuck between a rock and a hard place. It, it, will, it will lose um, ownership of its properties, right? Is, or just the BBL can become a farmer's league like the MLS <laughs> or something, and uh, we can all support Orlando, uh, but BBL stars. Like... Um, is that too crap? Is there a middle ground there, or, 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 and where do you think the players sit on this? Because Kawaja was pretty forthright. If you want to afford us, we need private equity. Um, what, what do you understand is going on in terms of those stakeholders and and where they sit on it? I think you're right. I don't think there is a middle ground. I think CA are trying to find it, but I don't know where the answer to that money question comes from other than private equity or mm. the only other the only other option is local private equity mm. which would basically put offside the IPL clubs if you said oh you can only have private equity from local sources a bit like the PSL's got then that's limiting in some ways as well but I don't think I mean the, the Australian market consumer market in general doesn't have that kind of money 
Um, and then from a player's standpoint, I know he goes, you're a golf fan. We're seeing it a little bit with what's happening in the men's professional golf world at the moment. There's the, if the numbers are there, if the, if the prices are there for the players, they'll go where the money is. And it's not here in Australia. Um, and it will be a restraint of trade odd players if they're not allowed to go and play somewhere else. There are some, there are some things written into contracts, actually, that uh, it's my understanding, and I think Dan Bredig wrote it last week, that, um, that players essentially are not allowed to play in other international leagues between something like September 15 and April 12, with the exception of the IPL, and then you need NOCs, but there have been clearances allowed for the players that have gone to the PSL, but they're not domestic contracted players, and Tim David's a really good example of that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's becoming clearer and clearer that players are, are looking at their freelance model and seeing a much better... Um, earning capacity than staying in the Australian domestic system or the Australian contract system. I do know one player who is a contracted player at the moment. I won't mention his name, but and he'll keep playing for a while. But I, I think he is heavily considering the fact that if he came off the CA contract list, even if it just didn't work because the contracts got shrunk and he got squeezed out on the bubble, he may well consider not taking a state deal and freelancing in the same manner that Tim David is. And, and we're having these conversations about David now. Like how, do you, how do you get him into the Australian setup to play for Australia when earning-wise, match payments-wise, it's not worth his while? Um, it's a really difficult process that both CA and the ACA need to work through ASAP. Uh, the, and I know that the ACA have been meeting with the players recently um, and there's a, there's a pay deal coming up and the last pay deal was really, um, you know, tumultuous and it felt like this one was going to be relatively stable, but it feels like the game's completely changed now. I've heard this uh, only casually mentioned, you know, in background conversations from um, executives in and around the CA administration. Um, do you think that they may try and run a line that Australian players really have an obligation to service the game here that private equity equals bad because money will be taken away from the grassroots and that Australian cricket equals good because the players actually own, you know, 30% of the BBL. So all of them who play in it, raise it up themselves and that that money can be faithfully administered, administered back to clubs. Uh, do, do you think players have any, and I know you're not speaking on behalf of players, but do you sense they, they feel any obligation to national cricket um, beyond the best pay packet they can get? Or is there just a line where you go, sorry, that's just too much bunts, got to go? <laughs> too much bunts. <laughs> uh, I think it's nuanced. I, I think the players deep down, the ones that I know, and you guys talk to these guys, they mm. want to play for Australia. They love mm. representing Australia and playing. But ultimately, there's just so much money. It's hard to turn down, right? One of the interesting things that was raised to me the other day, I was having a conversation with someone about this, is where do the loyalties lie in terms of um, connection to the team and the fan base? So is there a connection with the top-end Australian players? Is there a really good connection between the Australian fans and those players when you compare 
the absolute love and adoration that some of these guys get in India, and you guys experienced it going over there, they are adored. David Warner is absolutely adored by Sunrise's Hyderabad fans and still is, even though he doesn't play for them anymore. And he's adored by Delhi Capitals people. Um, there's a connection and a kinship with those fans. Basically, I mean, it is a little bit of a one-way relationship in some ways, but they also perform for those clubs and and in front of their eyes in their home country. So, um, whereas, I don't know, Australian fans are, can be a bit fickle at times and they only seem to value runs and wickets in Ashes test matches at home during the summer and anything other than that is irrelevant. Um, and so... There's that aspect to it too, is what's the connection? And our players just going to go, you know what? I don't, I don't care. Um, I'm going to go where the money is and I'm actually going to go where, I, where I'm wanted, where I'm actually wanted, where people actually want me to come and play and perform for them and where I'm going to be supported no matter what. And, it, you know, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting one um, because there, there's another element to it as well. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Australian team at the moment White has a grasp on what their core fans feel about them, but I, I honestly don't think they care that much. And so they might, you know, the disconnect and the division may get wider and wider. It's it's really nuanced. It's an interesting debate, and uh, I don't know what the answer is to be honest. Mm. I think uh, I think uh, money does seem the, the main driver here, but like I think a secondary and important factor with the big bash, especially at, we're talking about the Australian domestic summer is that it really only is like two months and and the West Indies have their own window for the Caribbean Premier League. The IPL clearly does. It's only going to get bigger. And then England have now carved out a space for the 100 and then their summer goes from, from sort of, I guess they have played test matches in, in May and can go through till September. So it's quite a long time, whereas Australia's got to play their five tests per year their ODI series, um, if they have it in January, uh, and the Big Bash for the entirety of the school holidays, which is tied then to the Boxing Day test and the New Year's test between the two biggest or most popular cities. So um, I don't know how to fix that because unless, because then, because as we were just saying just then, we're more interested in like the footy season really and like all the cricket grounds are actually now footy grounds. So who have more power than CA probably to get test matches on. Just seems like it's going to be pretty hard to figure this out to get all these games in that we want to try and do. Um, and so I guess the point is like, what's the point? Let's just go and play the IPL. <laughs> that might be it. I mean, you know, Pez sent me a photo of his two boys wearing RCB shirts. Like that's, that's, that's the, that's the generation, right? Like that. We, we don't know. It's, it's so, it's so bizarre because I've had these conversations with a couple of people at CA and I was telling them about my mates are hardcore cricket fans. These guys played grade cricket for 15 years. They love yeah. the game. They live the, the game is in their blood, right? But they have no interest in watching a test match in Sri Lanka where Australia's playing in the middle of the year because they're all watching West Coast playing Melbourne or yeah, Fremantle course. playing Hawthorne or they're, they're interested in the footy. Like, good that, games, to be fair. They're good games. Yeah, good, yeah exactly <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you know, um, it's got good run. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, it's it's state of origin where, um, you know, New South Wales and Queensland are going head to head. Like that's, mm. it's it's footy season. And and so what's going to captivate Australian audiences? How's, how, how are we going to keep audiences involved in the game all year round? And I think one area, one market here in Australia that Cricket Australia has never, ever tapped into and the state associations have never tapped into. There's a huge expat community here. And we had a, we had a few guys that, 
um, few expats come and play a little bit of cricket at our club. And that, we loved having them. Um, and their love and thirst for cricket was incredible. But they didn't stay engaged with the grade system and they ended up going and playing elsewhere. Um, and, and Cricket Australia's never been able to engage that audience properly. Um, and maybe it's because they don't have uh, players coming through from those origins and maybe that'll change. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's such a vexed question because it creates a creates a twelve months a year game, and there's so much good cricket going on overseas. But in the dead of night, no one's paying attention to it here, and it seems like our generation of fans and those even older than us um, have no interest in anything other than red ball cricket against certain opponents, and mm-hmm. that's a concern. I think full stop. Hell of a uh, hell of a sell to our players as well. It's like well you know, we need you available for one or two test match series in a couple of different summers, uh, you know, red ball stuff, or, or you can go to India where you can be loved and adored and paid heaps by people who just love it 12 months all year <laughs> round. Like, where do you think, um, where do you think the public may fall? The Australian public may fall uh, on some of these changes coming through. Like, do you think the Aussie public will largely not care Uh unless, you know, they only care about our best players being available for the Ashes and let's say India at home, you know, like, do you think that's how this works out? It's like, listen, guys, do what you've got to do. Um, I'm watching the footy between February and uh, October. And I just look, I just want you available for the big tests in the summer and whatever coin you want to make or bunts you want to make around that, go for it. I or, don't think sorry, so. Or do you think like the, the public will because we don't watch a lot of IPL because of the times that it's on, the public will frown upon players who, who choose to kind of, um, I guess, let go of their national responsibilities. I can only speak for my generation and those older than me. And they would, it would be the second of those options. The, the, the move away from being loyal to Australian cricket and playing every single game uh, would frustrate fans and mm. uh, would cause fans to turn on those individuals. Mm. It'd be interesting to see. I, I'd be curious to know, and you guys might have a better feel than this, what, what the generations below us would think. Uh, but I don't have a great feel for that. And I don't, I don't know how they view that stuff. But I do know the traditional Australian fan base would, would be frustrated with what's going on at the moment the conversation around one in one individual in particular um i know you know reading snippets online is never never a good indication of anything but even the prospect of raising 12 months a year contracts for players with private franchises and then maybe playing some international cricket in and around that seems to be pretty unpopular from what i've seen uh but it is certainly looking like it's going that way because the boards themselves can't compete. I mean, the minimum contractor retainer for an Australian cricketer is 313000 at the moment. Now there's match payments on top of that. There's, there's franchise earnings on top of that. So you can push that up quite a fair way. But that, that's, that's nothing compared to what Delhi or Kolkata or Chennai can mm-hmm. offer for a, for a full year playing four different tournaments, IPL, UAE, CPL, whatever. Um, it, it's chalk and cheese. And that's for the you know 18th to 20th ranked cricketer in the country. So it, it's, it's, oh, it's a really difficult one. And it's a watch this space. It's very clear which way things are going. And, and 
CA need to either go for go along for the ride or get out in front of it in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how they do that. It's going to take some mm. bold leadership, some real vision um, to bring everyone along for the ride because at the moment the divide will only get further between the players and the organization and, and the fan base. But but on the plus side, if all the big dogs are playing, you know, for the Mumbai Indians or, you know, Adelaide Super Kings, then a couple of grade <laughs> players might be a shot for a national uh, a national call up, a national cap. And you got to look at the silver lining with this kind of stuff. You might come out of retirement, big old chest there, open open stick. Uh might get a game, WA, game at WA. Uh, so yeah, there, there get is, my pad line off just like I yeah. did all throughout <laughs> yeah. my career. Just with a different, different colored cap on. <laughs> exactly. Just exactly. Expose the same biomechanical deficiencies we all have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it is funny. Like, I, I think your read on Australian, the Australian public's view of it is, is probably bang on. And it will also play quite well in the media as well, but I can also see why a player would be like, so you want me to be available for every national game where there's one every like four days, but you're only interested in one of them every four years, but I want you yeah. to be available for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. the primacy of Australian cricket. I, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm not really sure what Australian cricket should, CA should do either. I, I doubt any of the executives want to be the ones who sold it out foot wholly and solely to, to the IPL. Um, but there'd be heaps of players who are like, trying to earn some bunts for my family uh anyway so someone's got to solve that hey um alex thanks so much for joining us and walking us through that in a in a sober reasoned way uh and yeah i'm, I'm actually back in melbourne in a couple of days time so it'd be good for all of us to link up and um and do it in person yeah i'd love to chat and i'm sorry there wasn't more humor but it, it seems like that the, the world's in world of cricket's in a bit of a crisis at the moment so yeah you guys keep doing oh. what you're doing because you, you've mm. put some smiles on faces at least Oh, for now until until we sell out as well so you know just take it easy um no thanks for bringing <laughs> thanks for bringing a microphone as well and it always seems like with journos we are like that they, they get upset when there's not more humor there it's literally why we get the journo on so we can understand something just sort of leave the joke to <laughs> fair enough <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Alex for his time. Uh, Pez, the Commonwealth Games have kicked off and Australia uh, had a wonderful victory to start. Uh, so start proceedings in the first game there in Birmingham uh, where India made 154 for seven. Harman Precourt, 52 off 34. Shafali Verma made 48. Jess Jonathan took four for. Australia were five for 49 in reply. And then one with six balls to spare, seven down. Ash Gardner and Grace Harris came together. Ash Gardner, 52 not out. Red ink. Grace Harris, 37 off 20. Um, so very satisfying to see Australia win stuff in Commonwealth Games. And can we talk about the kit? That was, I mean, that's, that's what I want to talk about straight off the bat here, Pez. Uh, yellow lids are back. The yellow lid is back. And that, that, my friend, is safety. Yeah, it is safety. The Australian women's team is safety all round. Uh, I, I'm sorry to complain, but this is my right as a millennial Australian. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yellow lid, but then green hat. Why? Why? Uh, who's fucking with us at CA? It, you, you know, the, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Just, mm-hmm. just have it all fucking canary. Yeah. Just let it happen. What, what, why, why the connection to green? Just let it go. Who's... Who signed this off? Anyway, Yellow Lid was good. Man, I watched this in India, actually. I, 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 was, I hadn't left yet. Uh, and, mate, we were fucked in this game the whole time. This, this, was, yeah. this was boil over stuff. India, good, India, good team. But I'm sitting in the hotel 
room service guy comes in as well as a look at the, as a look at the cricket. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching, right? <laughs> we play two. Didn't know why yeah. I needed to be intimidating to him or anything. Uh, not just a really yeah. nice person, but yeah, we were fucked uh, from from. The off- we were, look- we're looking good in the field to begin with, uh, but but India just kept getting their total up. Humphrey Core looking good. It's like oh, 154. It's not a bad score. Uh, and then it was it was one of those ones where it's like oh they're like, they're all over us. It was um, Ranuka Singh Takua, four for eighteen. Uh, just ran through all the big dogs: Healy, Mooney, mm. Lanning, uh, mm. Rachel Haynes as well, I think. And and it was one of those ones I had to leave for the airport. It was in the, in the cab. People from Bangalore have been there will know that that's a four-hour drive to the airport. And um, and so I lost my internet, but then it just came up again and Grace Harris and Ash Gardner got us home. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. But they were, they were yeah. really cooked in this game. And just want to note that it, that was Grace Harris's first T20I innings uh, since 2016. Coming, yeah, in that years, scena- yeah. com- coming in that scenario... Yeah. And to play in innings like that is um, that's huge. That's a huge um, comment on the depth of Australian women's cricket, and Ash Gardner doing the business as well. It, it is. It does feel like with the Aussie team, it's like oh, if, so, if if someone doesn't do it, someone else will. If four of them yep. don't do it, still someone else will get it done. So yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Great yeah, Grace Harris has been sensational for the WBBL for years, mm. um, and has just always been on the fringes of a squad, but never really getting in. And, and yeah. uh, I was actually thinking about the uh, the nineteen ninety eight Commonwealth Games in. The men's and like they they played a slightly different, a slightly weaker side than what yeah. they had otherwise had available. Yep. Um. And we've obviously never um forgiven them for that twenty four years ago. Um. But uh. But I mean the, the the depth of the Australian women is sensational. I mean and they played the second game. They smashed Barbados. Barbados made sixty four. Alana King took four for eight. Uh. Meg Lanning though dropped a hat trick catch. So again, abject failure for Australia there. Uh, Australia got it one down, um, chasing those 64 uh, cricket runs. Meg Lanning that, after the game... Go on, sorry. Um, um, immediately afterwards said, uh, you know, nightmares, that sort of stuff. Alana King, very, um, uh, you know, p- uh, polite, I suppose, in her response, just being like, well, you know, it's just cricket. It was all very Sailor V kind of gear, you know. I just want someone to be like, I will I will never forgive them for this. Yeah. I'll never I'll never forgive go them the, for this. Go the other way. I want someone to go the other way because... Like I mean, one one is the truth. It is like what what can you like say, La V yeah. shit. But just someone to fucking unload, yeah. unload on someone. It that. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alana Alana King is um is only just has only just kind of secured a spot in that side as well, and Lanning's right. captain. So it would have made it even better if she. Like, <laughs> I, better, I mean, yeah. she should have. The thing with Alana King, and you know, because we're we're talking about uh, corporate. Nous, you know, if Alana King unloads on Meg Lanning there, verbally, uh, she might have a speaking gig for life, like like Damien Fleming. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, that's just, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's there's a yeah. lot. There's a, there's after dinner stuff in there, and that's what Lanning should say back to yeah. Alana King. I yeah. just made you a whole there's lot after of dinner stuff. I made you a whole lot of bunts there, Kingy. Believe me. <laughs> on the cor- like on the corpies. On the, cor- on the oh, corpies. I just fucking sorted you out, corpies for life. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is. You know, look, talk about safety. Like this is, um, yeah, this is an Aussie sports fans' dream. The Commonwealth Games. Like we, we wake up in the morning on the Commonwealth every yeah. morning Commonwealth Games because stuff's happening overnight, Birmingham, etc. And it's an absolute fucking shower of gold for this country. Yeah. And all the articles are basically like, yeah, we won, but here's some social problem in the side. You know, like in particular with the swim. Yeah, yeah. they just fucking. Yeah. they just fucking destroyed everybody in the pool. And there's articles that are just like, 
Well, Kyle Chalmers and you know Emma McKean, they used to go out and he sort of he sort of didn't give a hug and you know and and Chalmers yeah. is losing the plot. It's, it's it's Dawson's Creek stuff. And I'd like yeah. to see, and you know, like this is what we're <laughs> what saying here. <laughs> and this is well, it's fucking love triangles deluxe. And now, we're, you yeah. know, now and now the women, the women's cricket side, it's like, yeah, I've knocked over Barbados, you know, one West Indian island, and um, yeah. it's like, yeah, but Lanning dropped that catch, didn't it? Yeah, and that's where I want to be. That's where I want the country to be. It's like winning. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, winning yeah. is the given. What's the dynamic at play? Because it harks back to Steve Waugh, Shane Warne stuff, etc. Who's a good yeah. bloke? Who likes whom? You know. So uh, again, just hats off. Uh, to the Australian women's team and Commonwealth Games generally, I just wait. Pe- people are tweeting just like like journo's are out there tweeting just gold medals, like it, like the emoji of a gold medal and how many we won that day. And I just right. encourage anybody. Of course, there are therapy services out there, and if you need that, um, please go yeah. and seek that. But also, go if you just need a pickup, you just need a pickup mentally. Yeah. Just get online, couple couple of journo's out there, and uh, you're just going to see just gold medals. Just look at it if you're Australian. Just let it wash over you. It's all good. I remember um, when Dawson's Creek came on TV and it was like season one and then um, the, the chat was around my school that um, it's called Dawson's Creek because Dawson drowns in the creek at, yeah. in, the, in the last episode. Yeah. It's like, fuck, that. that's, that's dark. Yeah. That's fucking dark. Mm. D- disappointed it didn't end up going that way. Yeah. Uh, People at school just sort of had a bit of an advanced copy as well. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, <laughs> yeah my dad's a director, a producer. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a, the, the dad on it. He was, he'd been on Neighbours. And that was quite uh, that was quite jarring. And speaking of another thing that just wrapped up recently as well, hadn't that bloke been on? Yeah. It was Aussie, and he'd been on Neighbours. He was um, okay. Was it whose dad was it? Who, it was he was dad. It was one of the guys' dads. I don't know. He was a bit mate. He was fucking alpha. A big big old salad, <laughs> big old buffon. Uh, anyway. Uh, Australia's next game is against Pakistan, who lost to Barbados. Uh, so Australia's already qualified for the semi-finals. There's two groups of four. The other group is England, South Africa, New Zealand, and Sri Lanka. Um, and so you would suspect that Australia and India will go through to the next round. But uh, of course, uh, Australia losing one wicket in this run chase of 64. Not interested. What's going on? I'm there? not fucking interested. Who, who got who got out? I missed it. Who, do you know? Um, it was Mooney. Okay, so some runs for Healy at least. Yeah, yeah, so 20 at the top. Um, South Africa won their T20 series in England. Uh, the final ODI was was washed out last time we spoke. That was on last Sunday. So the series finished 1-1 there. Um, so th- this series ended in England fans booing the, their, the, their team in the run chase of the third T20 down there at Southampton. So we'll just go through the series very quickly. The first T20 was in Bristol. England hit 234. <sighs> Uh, Bairstow hit 90 off 53, Moen Alley 52 off 18. South Africa finished 193 for 8. Um, Tristan Stubbs, 72 off 28. And uh, everyone's favourite school teacher, Richard Gleeson, 3 for 51. Um, so they got they got the first win there. Uh, Tristan Stubbs is a young guy, isn't he, Pez? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. we were talking about this when we were, when we were overseas together. We were talking about how... Um, oh, fuck, what's the other guy's name? Devold uh, Brevis. Brevis. Brevis, who I don't think has played for South Africa just yet. Has he Has he debuted no, yet? But he's in the IPL. He's a young guy and he's a fucking jet. He's an absolute jet. That Mate, they've so got a fucking good team, uh, South Africa. Yeah. Fe- yeah uh, got De Kock, Bander, Dustin, Markram, Brevis, Stubbs, Hendricks, Miller. And then you've got your Bavumas. That's just the batting. Shamsi's number one bowler in the world. Shamsi, Rabada, Norkia. It's a, it's a pretty fucking hot side. Uh, yeah. When they get it going, but at the same time, not afraid, not afraid in any yeah. tournament South Africa's yeah. playing. But I'm just yeah. saying it looks good at times. I'm saying it looks good, and Markram's got pumps, um, and so yeah, there's a lot, oh, there's a lot yeah. to work with. 
Uh, the second T20 there in Cardiff, Safrigo got 207 for three. Riley Rousseau hit 96 or 55. Fucking hell, these numbers are just... Sometimes, like, numbers just wash over you. Some of these numbers are fucking outrageous. Um, England finished uh, 58 runs behind. Shamsi uh, took three for 27. And the third T20, well, now this is where it gets, this is where it gets a little bit, little bit spicy there on the fans. Uh, people leaving the ground early, half-field starting by the end. South Africa made 191 for five. Reza Hendricks, 70 off 50. Markham got 50 as well. David Willey took three for 25. To be fair to him, but England's, um, this was their equal, equal, no, wait, let me get this right. Equal second biggest T20 loss. They lost by 90 runs. Uh, they were bowled out for 101. Shamsi took five for 24. Uh, this is via Matt Roller of ESPN Crick Info. Uh, since Owen Morgan stepped down as captain, England have won only four games and lost nine across ODI and T20I cricket. For the first time since 2013, they failed to win a home limited over series. They will not play another T20 international before selecting their squad for the T20 World Cup in mid-September and it's increasingly hard to see them lifting that trophy in Australia, is Matt's uh, opinion. But I suppose it is interesting. They've had, they've, had a, they've had a weird summer so far. They've obviously got more tests to come against South Africa, which would be an interesting series, I think. Um, but given that they've just turned around the red ball stuff in unbelievable fashion, um, the white ball seems to have just fallen down by the wayside. You have to say there's, there's enormous amount of bowling injuries. Wood, Archer, Ollie Stone... Um, Mahmood, uh, someone else, uh, Curran, um, Tom Curran, that is. Uh, there's, there's a fair amount of uh, Tamal Mills as well. Um, there's a fair amount of bowling um, struggles there with injuries. But, uh, but still, uh, they're, they're still a good team, but they haven't, they haven't won shit. Mm. Uh. I, I think they, uh, they played two pretty good sides as well. Uh, and and it's a bit of a toss up. Like uh, yeah, it, it, I, <laughs> I think in Australia we find it hard to compute the numbers that England put together with ODI cricket, and uh, particularly what happens over there as well. Like I mean, I, I look at England's England's batting, and it can just kill you on any day. And yeah. um, when they're a little bit closer to full strength with the bowling, I, I feel like they're as um, they're as formidable as anybody else. But probably not bringing the X's and O's to that conversation at this point. Sometimes it feels like, particularly if you look at the last World Cup in the UAE, like you can X and O the shit out of any team and their structure and their, their setup and their mm. matchups. And, but then, you know, if you have a few different conditions change, it all goes out the window. So like I would still think England are broadly <clears throat> there and thereabouts and there's, there's very little point looking any further into it. I mean, I know we're going to get into... India, for example, but like Coley's not even going to Zimbabwe and he'll make the T20 side and, you know, we'll just see mm. what India looks like at that time. Like it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I still think England play like a, a pretty crazy brand of cricket uh, and yeah. I'm sure that they'll get it together. I do, I've got to say, I do like yeah. Matt Roller's work as well, uh, as well as, um, here we had Vish on last week, we got Alex Malcolm, obviously we're the Crick Info show now, uh, but um <laughs> He's good. He's good follow and a good read as well. But um, yeah, I, it's you know, bilateral cricket is the fucking leper of cricket now, isn't it? You know, like yeah, who's yeah. playing? What does it mean? Well, Who did some good shit? Besto hit something in between his legs. Oh, there's a little fucking dopamine hit for me for two seconds. Why am I getting a dopamine hit off someone else's achievement? I don't know. I've got to get it off the internet. Yeah. Um. So, Josh Butler, for instance, obviously a uh, newly minted captain of the side. I think he scored less than 100 runs in both series, as in both series combined uh, this summer. But 
he's probably probably the he's in the top five anyway, whatever that means. Uh, best batters in the world at the moment. So uh, he's he's going to play in Australia and he'll probably do some really good shit. So it, you know it, it it is hard to say. But one thing, one guy that I've got um uh, an eye on Pez um is Jason Roy, who yeah he's struggling is is. Is, is is part of is part of like this? Um, I mean, ever since England basically fucking changed the game in white ball cricket for the last few years, he's been a key part of that. Opening the batting with Bairstow as well, but um, he, I, I'm 99 sure he got 100 against the Netherlands in that game where Josh Butler got 715 yeah. red ink. Um, but apart from that, there's there's not like an international hundred. I, I think I'm right in saying in about two or three years, um, and there's not a lot of big scores. You know, there's a lot of 20s and 30s, and he's. He's a blistering player. Um, you know, he, he still gets into the side, obviously. Um, but uh, he's, he's struggling a little bit. And if you're going to try and win a World Cup, I mean, I suppose we had this conversation with Aaron Finch as well, especially the guy up in the top of the batting. Can you can you carry a guy? Can you carry a guy through through, through to a tournament? Mm. But it's uh, not like, yeah, what... Uh, <laughs> who remembers any bilaterals that happen in the months leading into an ICC tournament? Actually, I do remember Australia's ones. They went to Bangladesh and the West Indies and got pumped by both. Uh, yeah, then yeah, they just yeah. went and won the tournament. So, yeah. you know, if that happens there, then England will win this tournament. I mean, I just don't, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes you just look at these sides and you can just go, oh, he's amazing, he's amazing, because you remember all the great things they did in the IPL or some other shit. I don't know. It increased, like, pro cricket increasingly seems to be moving towards <laughs> who's happy <laughs> at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, f- yeah. who's friends? Who's making the best coffee or playing the best cod? Uh, which, which, which coach is the best beer? You know, yeah. and if you can get that right in Australia, uh, then you, you're well. And who can win a toss? You're well on the way to winning a tournament. Uh, West Indies and India. India won the ODI series three zip. Uh, they've played one T20 so far of three. The first one was in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, India hit 190 for six. Row hit up the top 64 of 44. Dinesh Kartik down the bottom. Pez mm. 41 off 19 rocks. Yeah, shirts, shirts. Kartik. Uh, West Indies finished miles behind. Uh, what's that? 68 runs behind. Uh, 122 for at for eight. Ashwin was uh, pick of the bowlers. Two for 22. Ashwin, Jadeja, and Bishnoi took five of those eight wickets. They spun them out. Um, the final two T20s. I think one's tomorrow. One's later in the week. They're, they're both at St Kitts. Uh, India playing a understrength side, and they will do in the future when they go to Zimbabwe, um, because the headline the headline reads the headline reads everywhere Coley. Not picked for the Zimbabwe squad. They're not picking anyone, um, and by that I mean they're literally not picking the team. Uh, <laughs> but like all all the main guys aren't playing. It's a complete break uh, for Coley, um, and, and amongst others, Boomer's not playing. I don't think Rohit Sharma's playing. Kahil Rahul is coming back from an injury anyway. He's on the squad. Um, so after this West Indies tour, India plays Zimbabwe for three ODIs, and then the Asia Cup, which was going to be in Sri Lanka, but now it's going to be in the UAE. Uh, that's what that's. End of August and the final of September 11. Uh, and then they've got a couple of ODIs and T20s against Australia uh, and South Africa and then the World Cup. So they've actually got a fair amount of cricket. Um, but I'm going to guess, given that like the West Indies, uh, the Zimbabwe tour, I'm actually not sure when that is, but Coley's not in the West Indies. He's not going to be in the, in the Zimbabwe squad. They're trying to give him as big a break as possible after that test match um, and white ball series against England there. So um, that, that to me makes sense because I think like Zimbabwe, even if Coley got 180 against Zimbabwe, let's just say he did that. Let's say he got um, a couple of scores in the 60s or something. You know, there's everyone's already got six caveats for that. Ah, oh, Zimbabwe, nah, he got lucky. And so I, I feel like it's it's a lose lose situation because if he fails, then like he's probably not. And then he's right. Oh, he's right on the edge. Totally um, correct. So 
Give the guy a break, I say. I think what I said it on our show ages ago as well with Coley, like he, he, the guy just the guy just needs a break, and he has the you know the biggest um, credit extension that any cricketer's ever had, um, with the exception of Bradman. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry that just took me back to that live show where the fans were chanting <laughs> for Sachin when we started talking about Bradman and nearly fucking lost it. Um, <laughs> became really enraged, but he, mate. And, you know, it's that phenomenon in sport where, like, someone's out for an injury for a long time and all of a sudden they're Marco mm. Van Basten, you know? Like, uh, Coley mm. spending time out of the game will then go back in people's minds to the old Coley. It's it's just Coley. He'll be like, oh, yeah, no, he had a bit of a bad run for a while there. And when he comes back, the same aura will be there and maybe his kid's got a bit of sleep and um, he's got a bit of shut-eye as well and uh, and he'll be good to go. So it's probably – it's it's genius, really. Um, Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Sri Lanka won the second test. You will recall that Pakistan won one of the all-time great fourth innings run chases in the first test in Gaul. In the second test, Sri Lanka won by 246 runs. The series tied finished at 1-1. Uh, in the first innings, Chandamore, more runs, another 80. Sri Lanka got 378. Pakistan, 231 in reply. Ramesh Mendes, 5 for 47. Jaya Surya, fucking wicket Surya, 3 for 80. Doesn't make any sense. No. Sri Lanka then uh, declared eight down at 360 with a lead of fucking heaps. Uh, De Silva batting at seven, hit 109. Then Pakistan finished, what, 246 runs short. Then they hit 261. Babar hit 81. And then Jaya Surya, five for 117. That guy has taken 29 wickets in his first three test matches. Um, pre his Australia debut, which you will recall, um, where he was drafted into the squad the night before the game because heaps of guys went down with COVID. Um, he'd never been in a test squad. He has 62 first-class matches to his name. Um, and then I was, I was just reading an interview with him and he was speaking about reaching the test team and playing first-class cricket in Sri Lanka. Uh, he was quoted as saying, uh, but it was tough. I had financial problems as well. I had to balance all that and didn't want to put pressure on my family either. I had opportunities to play outside the country, but my motivation was to play for my country and play tests. I gave my everything towards that goal and have some success now. Now, people who are, you know, on pre-season, maybe they're towards the end of the season in the UK, they're thinking like, all I've got to do is just put in the work. And you know what? You're just not going to. So don't worry. Don't worry about it. Just, But enjoy Jay Saru's 29 wickets in 3-2. It's exactly fucking unbelievable. Yeah, so sad. Like that, that's a pro, that's a pro yeah. elite mentality. Yeah. Ev- putting everything into it. Had opportunities. No, I want to represent my country. I want to do that. I had mm. struggles with my family, financial issues. Mm. I just want to make my family proud. And you know what? You can do that this weekend when you go out there and play fourth grade and you're going to hit 17 and that's going to get you through and you're yeah. going to make your family proud. They won't be there. They won't, yeah. they won't be there. And in fact, actually, they'll actually won't pick up your phone calls. Or you're all right on the edge of mm. being disowned for Christmas. Mm. Um, but JS Surya, 29 poles, three tests. Okay, not bad. You're just about to say at the dinner table, I may have made 17 today, but it just as you say seven, like your sister interrupts to say she's just got into Harvard uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the family stands up and applauds. And then they start yeah. banging their knives and fork on the table and it's yeah, very yeah. eerie. But that's what you guys have done for a long time. Yeah. And Dad's yeah, it's got a, a Viking, bit of history. It's like a Viking table. It's like, yeah. a, like an elephant's head behind them. There's bears in the room. That's right. Dad's got a <laughs> real big story about that, but you are yeah. never going to hear it. Um, you always wondered. Uh, yeah, I like what you said there. Like, it's like, you know, you look at Jai Surya's story and you just think, you think that, you know, that could be me. And to get, you know, it's a little spin on what you said. Yeah. It's like, yeah, 
you put in that work. You get into the gym, split split session, uh, yeah, looking, yeah, yeah. You're filling out that training singlet. You add a little bit of um, add a little bit of pace to your spin bowling as well. Just getting through the crease, like Jai Sarai, just getting up and over a little bit more. You do all that sort of stuff. It's not going to do anything for you. You do all of it, and it will not materially impact your numbers, your statistics in any way. The, b- the ball doesn't come out of your hand in a way that will make that happen. You don't have fundamental talent, like just mm. fundamental talent. And people know it yeah. too. People can, You don't realise it, but people, when, you ca- when you catch a ball or when you pick mm. up a ball off the ground, all the first graders just go, no, like, they don't say no, but they say, okay, yeah, well, that's no. threes at least. Um, so yeah, all that stuff, uh, yeah, that's not what happens to like to normal people. Jaisari would be a freak, um, and I think the real story is that he's probably done someone dirty somewhere along the line, and they've held him back. That's li- That's real life. That's most likely. This isn't a fucking rags to riches, believe me. That's actually what Sinatra's song was about. That's life. Um, it was actually it was yeah, actually right. about. Raging Turner's and his armball and gore. <laughs> that's um, right. You're flying high in April, shot down in May. That's fucking the umpire <laughs> triggered you. You know what I mean? Flying high in April, a couple of scores of, you know, 20-odd. <laughs> Mate, I was, I was just saying before for the, the T20 Stars ad, like, just on just uh, my old club, just uploading fitness videos and stuff. Yeah. And I was just looking at, I was I was looking at people like, I was, I was looking at it, was like, nah, nah. Just the way they were running, just the gate. Yeah. Gate, no good. No. Yeah. It's like what uh, Sykes Ferguson said about Jordan Henderson. Didn't like his gait. No good. Didn't want him. No. Didn't, uh, mate. And that's just real life in sport. How's the gait on? Sorry. Nah, not for me. Sorry. <laughs> I like in fo- football's the best because you can be a top player, but then you can be a top, top player. That's top, it. top player. And then you want <laughs> yeah, top, top X2 is what you're looking for. That yeah. was, that's how he described yeah. Gerard. He's a top, top player. Oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah, um, how do you get that? Wow, Jesus. Fuck. Yeah. That's really good. That's anyway, really good. he's a fucking great bowler, Jai Surya, and Australia's going to be fucked with Axar Patel. I, I, I remember, uh, I think I might have said this in the past, equated him to uh, Jinta Mendes when he first came into national cricket, and everyone was like, how the fuck's this guy bowling? And he like wasn't really spinning it, but it was spinning enough, I suppose, he was like flicking out the front of his fingers, and he's, he's beginning, I think he got a 10 for in debut. Yeah. He was getting 10 for everywhere for about a year and a half, and then, yeah. like, and then I think people were just like, oh, it doesn't spin. And, yeah. But that's that's test cricket. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't spin. Anyway, that's my uh, uh, summation of uh, Jinta Mendes' <laughs> star-studded test test match bowling career. Um, uh, all right, well, Pez, we're going to speak. Uh, we're going to do some hashtag RCDCs here. Uh, but beforehand, we're going to uh, promote our dear friends at Budgie Smuggler because uh, if you would have seen on TGC socials during the week, um, the new tracksuit range in winter, people having little winter getaways. Um, and I saw my own budgie, uh, budgie tracksuit being worn um, by a budgie thief. A thief. A thief in the night. <sighs> oh, this all makes sense to me now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's oh, what I've I actually, did that. Yeah, it's yeah. clicked in. It's now clicked in yeah. for me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what that was. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot of concern about my brain. Uh, but... <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah. Do you want do you want to provide some background to that? I saw the, I saw this picture because you issued the call uh, some time ago, and people and the people have taken up the call. Uh, two yeah. arms and legs and rigs, torsos, the whole thing, uh, to yep. to illustrate themselves wearing budgies in the wild. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and it's actually and in fact, women who've been at your house stole your budgies, and uh, and now you've you've indeed seen it in the wild and posted it. Is, is that correct, Mister Speaker? Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's exactly what's happened. But I mean, you saw the more the more interesting stuff in in the European cities uh, across the world. Like I was seeing, uh, you know, friend of the show, Dill Buckley. Uh, he's over there gallivanting across the continent, 
uh, and a pair of budgies. I know Budgie look after him as well. Uh, but I've seen people in Western Australia, a bit of Darwin stuff as well, because I've seen yeah, people posting yeah, some stuff territory. in. But a bit of territory gear, bit of territory gear, good gear. Uh, and Budgie Smuggler is indeed good gear. Now, it's obviously getting pretty fucking cold down here in Melbourne. Uh, and you're going to need some tracksuit gear. You need some tracksuit yeah. gear. Go to Budgie Smuggler. If you're in the continent, it's heating up. It's actually not heating up. It's actually getting cooler. And thank fuck for that because it was way too hot. It was way too hot. You mean around uh, the world? You're, you're sort of challenging whether the, the world's getting hotter or because a couple of well, cold days? Nah, it's cold here. It's cold here today, though. So explain that, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, but, mate, I've, I've got some friends, uh, Instagram friends in um, Croatia at the moment. Oof, I tell you what, there's some fucking rigs out there. Jesus Christ. So, there's something for the eyes there, mm. uh, as is the internet generally. Now, Pez, I also want to talk about um, having internet brain and just being online generally. Now, we were obviously in India this past week. We didn't actually get a chance to, um, to uh, wear a pair of budgies. We actually should have done that in hindsight. That actually would have been quite funny. But um, Pez and I went to Bangalore Palace and, uh, and were basically talking to each other across the halls like we were playing grade cricket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm we not going to repeat what we talked said. about whether this would <laughs> whether this could be explained on air, and I don't think it yeah. can. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> it's it was it was it was sanitary. Don't worry about that. But it was yeah, you could never explain. Uh, and then if you have to explain the joke, obviously. But the point, thing but is, like the problem is the problem with that was yeah we we, we wanted to get out and uh, explore. Bangalore and uh, I suppose the like the central tourist destination apart from M Chinnaswamy Stadium where we did go um, is Bangalore Palace and uh, it's a you know hugely historic venue and um, yeah a lot of people there not not too many Uh, and you had the option when you walked in of like purchasing some audio equipment that would actually give you some context (laughs) and talk you through and like people look people who I I don't want to be like we don't want to look like snobs on this. We we were just hungover as fuck, and there's no way yeah. we're in any mood to be educated. Really, it was like, no, let's have a look at you know, a couple trappings for the so, eyes here. What's so this? Our, our, our mindset was that we created a tweet about about a guy at the club called Buckets, uh, <laughs> and press press send whilst we're in Bangalore Palace. So don't tell me that I need some I need culture or history or to be yeah. educated. Okay, yeah, we just some numbers on a Buckets tweet. Well, that, like like um. You know what? You walk past a um, so a lot of a lot of very esteemed people lived in Bangalore Palace, uh, and uh, there's Epstein. a lot of like really. <laughs> no, I didn't say I didn't say Epstein. I said esteemed people. <laughs> oh, esteemed, esteemed. Epstein, a lot esteemed, of Epstein people. A lot of Epstein people lived in Bangalore Palace. <laughs> Epstein people. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's just things uh, like when you when you're hungover and you you like spend a bit of time with Higos especially like it just it's all side mouth and um and yeah there's pictures on the wall like a lot of like a lot of important Indian men you know from maybe like 1935 I want to say black and white and it just says the yeah, century yeah, yeah. club the century yeah. club so I have a sorry triple c yeah. club you triple know c. you're getting a photo yeah and it's yeah. actually quite exhausting living your life through that prism I actually just did just want to walk around and learn about it but um <laughs> it couldn't be done or in, instead we were talking about how <laughs> Every tweet becomes funnier if you add, I haven't had sex in six months to the end of it. Every single tweet. Try it. Try any tweet, tweet in the world. Every, every single, single tweet, tweet, any tweet. About anything. <laughs> just add, I haven't had sex in six months, and it's funnier. Um, and I suppose to bring it around, we should have brought some budgies uh, and, yeah. you know, and, and enacted a commercial operation uh, at, yeah. at Bangalore Palace. Um, yeah, that's right. That's, but, right. But, that's right. But we didn't. Instead, we can just show you what... You know, right here on YouTube, if you are watching, this is the sort of shit you could have seen at Bangalore Palace, and we got a, would have got kicked out roundly. Um, yep. But um, 
Nevertheless, we're thinking about Budgie Smuggler Wire in India. And I've got to say, isn't it the case, he goes, when you're like, we still want your call. We still want your pictures of, bud- of you wearing budgies in the wild. Please. We'll, we'll push, we'll push it out. Um, I'm, in, I'm at the position now where, like, if I see somebody wearing budgie smugglers, oh, sorry, if I see somebody wearing, you know, swimmers, let's say, for a generic term, or as they'd say in Melbourne, bathers, yuck, uh, um, <laughs> around, you know, that, that look like budgies, I'll zoom in just to confirm that they are budgie smugglers. And, like, right, genuinely... Right, right. N- I don't know about you. I reckon ninety-five percent of the time these days they're budgies. Like yeah. it's it's yep. it's like r- very rare that they're not budgies anymore. Which is just a, you know goes to show that uh, it's a brand on the rise. They're dominating. Watch out, competitors, etc. Uh, and you to know prove Pez's, to prove Pez's to prove point, budgiesmuggler dot com. I haven't had sex in six months. At Manscaped Pez, use the code TJC oh, yeah. for 20% off. Now, I was thinking before, if you are listening to this show and you have not purchased the Manscaped, whatever version they're up to, yeah. 7.3, whatever, it's like, yeah. it's like it's iOS, phone, whatever, yeah. whatever they're up to, it's manscaped.com, use the code TJC for 20% off. If you listen to this show and you've not purchased it for yourself, for your partner, nay, for your fucking dignity, then what are you doing? I, I just I just can't recommend the product enough. The product, like it sounds the like product. Yeah. Like a real I can't, yeah, no, you're reading the copy ad. now. I cannot recommend the product enough. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to start every ad like that yeah. now. <laughs> Any ad, I cannot recommend the product enough. I, I guess, I guess that's the question, isn't it? Like, um, I wasn't really aware of what existed for looking after pubic hair around the area prior to that, and I was just a, I was just a snipper. You know, I was. I, I was haven't a, had sex in six months. <laughs> <laughs> I was a snipper, and it was, um, it was, you know, that exercise was just fear-inducing. You know, to the max. Uh, yeah. You can cut yourself anywhere, like. But now that you know that something like this exists and it's pretty affordable, and you're going to get twenty percent off using TJC, like, are people going like, "Oh, I'm going to shop around for other products" because I ain't seen any other products that are that are fitting that bill. In terms of like, you can't use your face shaver firstly for hygiene reasons, but secondly, the the cut the cut is too close at zero. It's too close. I did it once for sort of um experiment experimental yeah. purposes just to sort of control the yeah. variable and just doing a bit of science stuff there. But uh, the X and Y it, gear, yep. Uh, yeah, sort of plot it on a graph. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's it is manscaped all the way. Um, for, in Australia, Father's Day is just around the corner, and okay. our friends at Manscaped TM are here to ensure that all father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Hey, this is wheelhouse. Yeah. Dad, dad, dick. Now, yeah. I don't That's think Manscaped it. have a fucking clue what it means to be daddy <laughs> in cricket terms, but let's just say in Manscaped's wheelhouse, you can be daddy. Um, with the performance package 4.0, lawnmower 4.0, perfect bundle, tackle any and all old man hair. From head to toe. It's talking to dads here, yeah. Um, th- this right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join... The- oh, okay, so this could be for your fathers as well, for, for people out there. Uh, yeah. That'd, that's normal. Hey, dad. Yeah. This is so you can trim your pubes. This is my yeah. dad, you know, like, like you know, he's... Uh, yeah. Like, mum and dad divorced. He's got a, he's got a wife. He's been with her for a long time. Uh, the, the idea of getting him a manscape so he can present his pubic hair for his wife. Yeah. That makes me yeah. sick. Um, <laughs> and I suppose it would too If he was presenting his pubic care for my mum As he would have in the past These are just facts They're facts <laughs> But 
if it works for you and your family and however you do fucking pubic care stuff, then fucking go for it. I was more thinking if you are a dad and you're looking for a present, right. you know. Yeah. I'm being honest, you know, like with, with this stuff. This is this is the authenticity we can bring to this stuff. Anyway, use the code TGC. There's all this other shit they want us to talk about. Um, no, fuck them. But fucking hell, we really have done it. You're going to get all the accoutrements, <laughs> trappings, trimmings, uh, you know. Fuck it. Manscaped.com, use the code TGC I for 20, 20% off. I started that ad with I cannot recommend the product enough and finish it with fuck them. <laughs> yeah, hashtag right. I actually thought you just said one suck. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't. You said I start. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Greg wrote in. Boys, thought you might enjoy this story that illustrates your cultural reach. As a dad of three boys, ages 13, 11, and three. And my cricketing days in twos, threes, are over apart from some park stuff. But enjoy your podcast greatly. What has really caught on in our house is the inexplicably satisfying sound when yelling, boys, like BJ in this SCG front bar that time. Once yelled by one boy, it triggers a call and response between the kids that can last a few minutes. We recently travelled as a family to Italy and decided we needed the system should we lose each other in a crowd. <laughs> The obvious suggestion was for a lost child to find the nearest high ground and yell, boys, until rescued. This was practiced in several airports to the three-year-old's delight. I had mostly forgotten this system by the time our travels brought us to the Galleria dell'Accademia in Florence, home of Michelangelo's David. In the open space, the acoustics were excellent, too excellent for the three-year-old to resist. The Renaissance and Grey Cricket were together at last as a three-year-old let loose a round of percussive boys. Too much disapproval. I tried to silence him as quickly as possible and then resume a look of appreciation. But I, as I took in David, I couldn't shake the thought. This coach should have chubbed up. Thanks, BJ, for keeping my family safe. Greg. Oh, yeah. Well, like... Uh Michelangelo's David is um, it's it's one of the great sculptures for anybody with a small penis. Oh, you know, how's, how's a piece on it? Well, yeah, because it's it's not what we're used to in grade cricket. Like you got a rig like that, and then you fucking you know you're all shriveled up. It's just not something yeah. you see very often. And and I suppose what, I, he was it's sports. It's right. It might, this was Michael. That's what people don't know about David. Is that this is actually a shot of him post day's play? Uh, absolute weapon of a rig, but it's got sports dick. It's got sports dick. He's actually he's actually been batting. He's finished on thirty six, not out. His undies are a bit tight that day. The box is just sort of riding <laughs> in on him, and if there's nowhere for it to go. And but he's still, you yeah. know, when you got a rig like that, it's a it's a problem because yeah, you've got to show that rig nude, especially if you finish with thirty six, not thirty six red. Oh yeah, red. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He fucking yeah. You know, he, he was out in the front stool. Fucking got the broom out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty six red. Great day for for Dave. And uh, I mean, I mean, part part of his part of his problem is that he's really stretching out like the lats as well. Isn't he like doing yeah, some like as you fucking, would? Yeah. And do you think like do you think in any any grade cricket change room worth its salt? Do you think mm. the 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 fucking perfection of that rig takes attention like like defeats? The fact that it's the smallest penis anyone's ever seen in great cricket. 
No, because or do you think, you or do you think people do? just be like, mate, what's fucking doing with your piece? Like, as 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 a, a prominent <laughs> as a prominent person what's in cricket now, yeah. once said, I heard him once say to our third grade captain, <laughs> I won't say his nickname, but you know, X, that is the smallest penis I've ever seen, <laughs> and he said it. He said it at the Raby change rooms where ones and threes were together. And that was like rise <laughs> more to fucking... Yeah, oh, that was yeah, the best yeah, yeah. thing about playing at Raby <laughs> is that the ones and threes are together. And uh, he just said, that is the smallest penis I've ever seen. And like, it was just like, it was like, that is like, uh, that's the end. And you know, and it was like... There's and no coming then back this, from that. You can't... This, well, there, oh, but this I don't. is the thing. This captain, he was a real, he was really popular at the club. And he was just like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 sorry, Dirk Diggler. Oh, fucking, sorry, Dirk. You know, oh, 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 fucking. Gasping for breath. Sorry, sorry, Dirk Diggler. He was just he was trying to fucking um, jelk it while talking to us at the same time. No, because people people pairs uh, with great physiques are to be lauded, but also not trusted and mocked. So right. it's a, a, you know, it's a real balancing act, isn't it? Now, like, yeah. if, if you are the rig you are to be objectified at all times uh, it's mm-hmm. the only thing that you can bring to uh, a, a cricket team it's your, it's, your time. it's your entire personality it's mm-hmm. your identity you are the rig that's that's your thing mm-hmm. you are just you are you are butter body uh you're a butter piece of work mm. as opposed um, to an obese man who is a butter body you know what i mean yeah, that's right yeah. yeah 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 um but like the small penis completely completely trumps the defeats it the great like Completely defeats five percent. Yeah, yeah. So, so five percent body fat. Yeah, no. Nah. Put it this way: five five percent body fat. David Rigg, as designed by Michelangelo, smallest right. penis you've ever seen. Next to yeah. um, severely obese man who yeah. bats five uh, in the team and stands at first slip, and yeah. uh, and has one that's swinging around his knees, and they're just standing yeah. together about to get tub up. Who's yeah. got more respect in that team? It's the latter, isn't it? He's just like, man, well, how's the pace on this? When you, when you, when you see when you see an enormous one, it's like it's like looking at the sun, like you, you like yeah. like or being told as a kid like don't look at the sun. First yeah. thing you want to do, yeah, it's looking straight up, yeah, or just out of the corner of your eye, yeah. yeah, just get a little peek at it, yeah, don't stare directly at it, don't, yeah, yeah, like a magpie is about to swoop you, you got to fucking keep staring at it all the way, <laughs> lest it swoops you like a fucking a big old piece swinging around. <laughs> a little knee knocker there. Yeah, yeah. So, I spot. Yeah, again, you could. Like, this is a problem with with the grade cricket, or just grade cricket. Is it just kill? It kills anything, really. Everything is in grade terms now. Everything's in, everything's in, worse. In, even Michelangelo. Every David. experience is worse. Yeah. yeah, it kills everything. It it shrinks it culturally. The grade prism is a fucking sick prism. Um, do you want to read one more? Uh, I think that's probably all got all, all, all we've got time for. I think. Or do you want you want to go? You want to fuck? You've asked. Now you've said it. Oh I've shit! It. Oh shit! I see. Okay. Yeah, I think it needs to be done. <clears throat> and no one writes in. I apologise in advance as this may not be the most eloquent piece. How's the piece on it? You read today. Hey, you wrote how's the piece on it? But unfortunately, we can't all be blessed with the verbal efficacy displayed by Higos's monkeypox slash hand, foot and mouth disease <laughs> slash Indonesia slash Pez in Darwin slash quarantine slash manscaped advert in the last pod. Brackets love your work, boys. So obviously, the above reflects more about me and my insecurities. Uh, okay. Now, this is written. I'm um, just, this is Pez talking here. Uh, this is this is in um, poetic <laughs> form or, or lyrics. <clears throat> mm. I mean, let's see. 
I've already got a like a tune that should be sung in, but I think I'll just read it faithfully. Okay. Um, is that is that what you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Nugsy, my old friend. I've come to tub with you again. <laughs> because a penis softly gel king. I, I want to sing it. Left me curious, stock taking. <laughs> and the image that was burned into my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Oh, do I have to do this whole thing? <laughs> In restless dreams I bat alone <laughs> Narrow eyes and side mouth known Neath left eye he speaks face up champ Treated better at a prison camp When my eyes were caught by something blonde and white Speed deals delight <laughs> Next came the sound of silence and in the bathroom stalls I saw <laughs> Eleven people, maybe four <laughs> People talking sideways, speaking People racking, always repleting People writing songs that you never had And no one cared Here comes the sound of silence Still going. Yeah. Boy said, I, you do not know. Feeling like my father goes. Hear my sobs that might just reach you. Takes mum's car, reminds me of you. <laughs> but my words like testosterone fell. An echo in the well of silence. And the people bowed and played <laughs> with the alpha masquerade. And the pig thrashed out his warning in the words it struggled forming. <laughs> then the pig said, worst cunts in the comp. <laughs> Fuck's sake, boys, we're fucking better than these. <laughs> Fuck those cunts, shit song too. <laughs> Whispers in the sound oh. of silence. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, he says, incongruity is king. My crowbarred oh. question is as follows. In Cricket New South Wales's recent decision to promote young Jason Sanger to shield captain for New South Wales, akin to choosing a second grade skipper because they're confident he's not going to get a run with ones this season. Or is it a thinly veiled offering of fealty to our Indian overlords coming from deep within CA? Must be one of those two things. Uh, <clears throat> just want to say that was a genuine first reading uh, for me, and I'm sorry to get the, uh, the the intonation wrong at different times, and also moving into falsetto at different times. But um, yeah, that was that was that was uh, that was something, wasn't it? That was something. I haven't had sex in six months. <laughs> <laughs> 